Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please, enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. Welcome everyone. And Andy's leading this morning, so I'm <laughs> going to hand straight over to Andy. Thank you, mate. Excellent. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Wave at me, um, whatever. Make sure we're all still living. That's good. Um, let me think about this. What shall we do? Um, I mean, later we know already that uh, later on Freddie will be um, speaking to us. We have Maestro Ellie leading us in worship later on. We have Professor Ralph doing some scientific um, experiments for us as well. But I just thought before we um, before we start properly like that, um, round about this time of the day, most of us should be nice and fresh after having showered, washed, changed our clothes, um, applied um, you know, a perfume, cologne, powder, deodorant, whatever we would normally do so i think now would be a safe time to have a polite sniff of the person next to you or yourself just have a go at that for me please there we go that's it now yourself you need to sniff the person next to you jeffrey (laughs) why you may be asking yourself why am i doing this um a very good question in the early years, uh, shortly after Vanessa and I married, Vanessa used to work um, in London at a company called IBM, which was a removal company. And she worked in the office there um, doing administration. And I had um, uh, I had a, a casual job there actually working, doing the removal. So you'd have a, a lorry full of um, blokes, four or five blokes, all crammed into the cab. And it was fine. And at the end of the day, it wasn't quite so fine because um, there was a definite man smell about. What compounded it and made it worse was that the following day, some of the guys would come back with the same T-shirt on. Um, and it was absolutely vile. You work with them for, for the following, uh, all that second day and um, getting in the cab with them later on was absolutely horrible. Um, so, so, you know, where am I going with this here? We, we commonly refer to people or situations or um, personalities, um, we refer to them in, in a manner of smell. So sometimes we could say to somebody, um, he, his attitude stinks. Um, or we could say of somebody else, oh, she was a breath of fresh air. And so we refer to people's actions, um, their attitudes, um, in, in ways of smell, we refer to you know either nice or, or, or bad or bad smells, and um, and it was it was only today I was reading Leviticus and it was talking about the burnt offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, and it was talking about they said offer this on the, on the altar and it will be a pleasing aroma to the Lord, and I thought to myself initially, is God really interested in um, burnt meat? Is that what he's on the back? Then I looked and saw that actually he said exactly the same thing about the grain offering, that it was um, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And then when I started looking more into it, it seems that the Lord is not really concerned about what is being burnt on the on the altar, but more to do, the aroma is to do with the disposition of the person offering the sacrifice, or one who has brought the lamb or the grain. And it's to do with a repentant heart. 
So in 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 the eyes of the Lord, in the nostrils of the Lord, so to speak, um, the idea of some of these attitudes, thinking, um, is actually very similar to ours. Or if somebody has a, a pleasing attitude, it brings a, a pleasing aroma. Um, and it's to do with repentance, um, that the aroma that the Lord loves and um, that goes up from the altar, um, the aroma that he loves is, is, um, is because at the back of the sacrifice, is the the uh, the beautiful aroma of a person who has a repentant heart? Um, and as you go through the scriptures, and um, you get to Amos, and Amos is talking about justice, justice um, for the poor, um, justice um, in terms of the way that people are dealt with, um, being true and being honest in terms of your sacrifices to the Lord, um, and because people's attitudes weren't right. He said of their holy assemblies, of their holy gatherings, he said, your gatherings are a stench in my nostrils. And you're thinking, wow, this is the way that the Lord um, you know, chooses to describe it. And then just getting, just bringing this little part to a close before I introduce Martin. Looking at 2 Corinthians 2.11, and it actually, it, it speaks about us. And how we are um, a fragrant aroma before the Lord. And we also, we are, an, we are a fragrant aroma um, to other people who maybe don't know Christ yet. So I just want to read this and um, we'll take a moment to reflect. I will pray and hand over to Martin. And this is 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ amongst those who are being saved and amongst those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And we are those who carry the fragrance of Christ. Um, anything that is living carries a beautiful fragrance, so to speak. But anything that is dead carries the fragrance of death. Um, so let's just um, reflect on that, um, examine our hearts before the Lord, and, um, and I will pray after a few 10, 15 seconds. Let's just reflect quietly on that. Dear Father, I bless you and thank you, Lord, for your creation, Lord. Lord, you have made plants, beautiful plants, with such incredible aromas. Um, and Lord, we know that aroma is important to you, Lord. It is, you use it to describe our attitudes, Lord. And so, Father, for us in Christ, Lord God, we who are born again, Lord God, we who have been planted again, so to speak, Lord, um, our, our aroma should be that of, the, of your Son, um, Lord, um, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, as we, um, as we go through this, this gathering together, Lord, uh, may that aroma be pleasing before you, Lord. And we know, Lord, if we come before you with humility of heart, Father, that aroma is indeed pleasing. And so, Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord. And we, we, we thank you for what we are, are going to hear later as, as we progress through the morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Martin, uh, may I hand over to you? We will call him Professor Martin um, just for the section. Over to you, Martin. Thank you, Andy, very much. Yeah, just uh, to remind us all, we're, we're going through uh, our family time with the theme of fire. And we've been looking at the scriptures uh, where fire uh, features into uh, the story. And uh, here we have one of our uh, torches that uh, we've made uh, in previous Sundays. And um, today, my topic is the question, well, what is fire? Now, I have to absolutely say I am not a scientist. I was hopeless at science in school. I really was. I gave it up. And um, but I, I love the world that God's made. And I, I, I just get so inspired by the amazing world that, that God has created. And fire is part of God's world. So um, <clears throat> we're going to just uh, think for a moment. I'm going to try and answer the question, what is fire? Uh, and I'm going to share my screen. So if you bear with me for a minute, we will there okay so here we are see if you get this fire is the rapid oxidation of a material in the exothermic chemical process of combustion releasing heat light and various reaction products got that good Fire is hot because the conversion of the weak double bond in molecular oxygen, O2, to the stronger bonds in the combustion products, carbon dioxide and water, releases energy. Now, I don't really get or understand that, really. But it did make me realize that oxygen is so important. And actually, fire needs oxygen, as we're going to find out in our experiment later. And it's actually the breaking down of the oxygen, uh, combining it with other products to release carbon dioxide and water, that actually creates the heat that is part of a fire. At a certain point in the combustion reaction called the ignition point, flames are produced. The flame is the visible portion of the fire. Flames consist primarily of carbon dioxide, water vapor, oxygen, and nitrogen. Depending on the substances alight and any impurities outside, the color of the flame and the fire's intensity will be different. So you can get lovely different colored flames. Uh, I saw one experiment when you can do all the colors of the rainbow in different flames with different substances. Anyway, got that, kids. Some of you may not have followed that at all, but it's just part of God's wonderful world, how he makes fire. Now, I've got a question for you. How many uses for fire can you think of? All right. You want to write them down, do. You've got one minute. Go. Okay. Now you can score yourself. I've got seven. Now, if you've got the one I've got, 
one of the ones I've got, you score one point. But if you have got ones that I haven't thought of, then you can score yourself two points. So let's go for it. See how you score. Right. I've got fire is used for cooking. I've got fire is used for warmth. I've got fire is good for light. I've got fire is good to produce power and energy, whether it's a, an old fashioned steam engine or a modern internal combustion engine, fire is needed. Fire is good for metalworking. There's a blacksmith at his work there. Fire is used or used to be used for communication. The Chinese on my great wall and Indians with their smoke signals and beacons uh, in, in, in England were often used. There used to be a beacon up on Beachy Head uh, and messages were sent using fire beacons. And I've, my seventh one is fire is used for celebration. And yes, that is Eastbourne Bandstand on a Wednesday evening. So, I wonder how you scored. Did anyone get 10? Just wave. Anyone get 10? Oh, anyone get five? Oh, we got the Jackson's got five. Oh, yes, the Burroughs got five. Well done. The Smith's got five. Yeah, yeah, good, good. The, the Kelly's got five. Did anyone uh, just call out if you got a score between five and, and, and ten? What did you get? Just quickly call out. Nine. Nine, nine. nine. Yeah, we got uh, nine too. Got, is that seven from the whites? A six from the whites, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, five, five from the uh, uh, from American Gene, yeah. Wonderful. Seven. Oh, six from American Gene. Okay. <laughs> got to get it right. <laughs> okay. Any anyone got any that I didn't I didn't have? Purification. Purification. Yeah, yes, excellent. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Fusing. Fusing together. Fusing. Yes. Yes. Waste disposal. Waste, waste disposal. Wow. Yes. We had waste disposal as well, like burning. No. And also, um, like, uh, regrowth, so burning areas of yeah, shoreline. yeah. Forest fires sometimes are needed to give the to regenerate the forest, That's, isn't it? Aren't they? Yeah, yeah. The Kellys have got have scaring one. bears. What, what have the Kellys got? Scaring bears, like you could wave fire at an animal to oh, right, yes, yes, yes. yes. To, to, to ward off wild creatures. Yes, oh, I have one. Go on, go on, Olivia. Roasting marshmallows. Roasting marshmallow is wonderful. <laughs> okay, now I've asked, I've asked one or two families uh, to, who, who might be able to join me with doing an experiment. And uh, so I'm going to do this experiment. I need to shift my camera around and, and, and that. So, uh, and I hope others are ready to join me on this. 
what I've got here is I've got a plate. I've got some colored water. I've got a candle and I've got a milk bottle. Others might have different things. And the candle goes in the middle of the plate. And what we'll do is I'll do mine and then we may, if, if one or two um, others want to do their experiments and, and show us, they can, they can do that. So, and we, we pour the colored water into the plate and we light the candle. Now, I don't know if you can see this clearly. Let's bring this camera a little bit nearer. Let the flame come up nicely. Oh, it's a bit of a, oh, it's gone out. Ah, that's no good. I always, I always felt sorry for science teachers when their experiments go wrong. Right, that looks a bit better. Now, carefully, we put them, we put the milk bottle over the top of the candle. And can you see, I don't know if you can see there immediately what's happening down here. The colored water is rising up in the milk bottle. The candle's still burning, but the candle is slowly going out. And now it's gone out, but still the water is just slowly rising in the milk bottle. Now, two things. One, actually, the rising of the colored water in the milk bottle has really nothing to do with what is fire. It's all about air pressure. The air pressure in the bottle gets lower from the air pressure outside. And so it, it creates really like a vacuum and sucks it up. And it's, what's happening is actually air pressure outside is pushing the water into the lower pressure of the uh, air in the bottle. But the question is, why has the candle gone out? Now, does anyone know the answer to that question? Um, it didn't have enough oxygen to burn. That's right. It, it's all about the oxygen, isn't it? And you remember my funny slide at the beginning, which was really complicated, but it talked about oxygen being... Uh, broken down and combined with carbon dioxide to produce heat well when there's no more oxygen there can be no more heat and so the fire the flame goes out now is there anyone else that would like to do their experiments and show us okay looks like the burrows are ready to go happy birthday. can you see our candles yeah yeah I don't know if, if anyone else wants to. Yes. Yes. Has anyone else got a bit of There we are. Okay. So, Rich, if you're doing videos, I'm going to do toasters. Oh. So, we've got two going on. Ah, yeah. They're yeah. the little cake really candles. Really gently. Really gently. Oh. <laughs> so, on goes the bottle. Let's see. Let's see. Can they see? 
Well done. Straight. All the way to the bottom. We've got Ribena in the bottom. Oh, oh wow. Candle locked over. It did it all up. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, the Ribena going up. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> that was Ribena, was it? Wow. Excellent. Excellent. Was there anybody else? Yeah, Evie's going to do hers. Oh, okay. go on then. Yeah, lovely. Well done. I can't light candles. Right, you hold the iPad then. Can you take the glass? I'll put the glass on. It's going up. It's going up. And if you use a, a, a tea light, the, the candle actually rises with it, doesn't it? I think. Doesn't yeah. It? Yeah. It on it. yeah. Really good. There you go. It's going. Wow. That's fantastic. Well done. <laughs> The Kellys might be doing something. Are the Kellys doing one? I keep drowning the tea light though, so it's. <laughs> <laughs> but we've done it a couple of times and it has. I think we probably need to move on because time is pressing. But uh, anyway, well done, everybody. And uh, thank you very much for taking part. Two lessons from the end. One, again, how wonderful and amazing. God is, you know, God is the is the master chemist in, 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 you know, he's the master scientist and he's made such an amazing world. Uh, so that's the first takeaway. The second takeaway is it's a little bit of a picture, isn't it, for us? If we want to shine for Jesus, we need his oxygen and his oxygen is the Holy Spirit. So uh let's let's shine for jesus but let's also uh receive the gift of the holy spirit into our lives every day so that we might be witnesses for him bless you thank you back to andy thank you that was absolutely ex excellent vanessa and i tried that but it melted the plastic milk bottle <laughs> <laughs> uh without any delay i'm going to hand over to um ellie who's going to lead us through worship um, where are you, Ellie? You have it, Ellie? You got it. Okay. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, we uh, we didn't think we had the right type of candle. I had tea lights, and I didn't realise you could still do it with tea lights. I thought you needed a tall candle. But uh, very good, everyone else, though. They were very cool experiments. Um, today's worship, um, I would like us to be grateful. So um, I'm going to read... Um, uh, Colossians 3 verses 15 to 17 let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms hymns and songs from the spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, so uh, I would like, um, I think um, 
sort of linking to what Andy said. I think uh, what our worship will be today, Andy, is a sweet aroma to God of gratefulness and thanks um, as one body together. Um, so uh, I would like children, if you if you can, to um, to write a prayer of thanks for something good that you uh, perhaps have really enjoyed this week, something you're really grateful to have, something that you want to just say thank you, God, to um, for uh, for anything you like, um, and then you can um, if you can read it out then after the first song, or mum or dad could read it out for you um, after the first song, and then after the children have uh, prayed their prayers of thanks then um, we will all pray our prayers of gratitude so we're gonna um, start by singing give thanks with a grateful heart cool so if any of the children have got um, a thank you prayer to read out let's hear them now Thank you for letting me be an anti-bullying ambassador and thank you that I can do dancing. Amen. Thank you for my school and thank you for my friends. Amen. Thank you for my two best friends, Erin and May. Amen. Thank you that I've had a good week at school. Amen. Thanks for life. Amen. <laughs> Adults, I think it's over to you. Lord, I do want to thank you for the amazing, wonderful creation that you have uh, given us. We know that it's been spoiled in different ways, but Lord, your amazing power and majesty and wisdom and intelligence shines through uh, your creativity, the beauty. Lord, what, a, what it speaks to us of who you are and how wonderful you are, our creator God. Lord, we bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Lord God, I want to thank you that you don't just work around our weaknesses or get over them or ignore them, but you, uh, you're, as it say, uh, says in Corinthians, I think, um, your power is made perfect in our weaknesses. And that's incredible. And thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the way you've sustained us through these difficult times, Lord. Thank you that you've taught us multiple lessons that tell us to or teach us to depend on you because you are dependable. Thank you. You are the only thing that's dependable in this world. Amen. Amen. Uh, I would just like to say that um, for my birthday, uh, Grandma and Grandpa got me a gratefulness book. Um, and I've written in it every night since my birthday, which I think has been 108 days or something. And it's just uh, made me realise that you can be thankful for even for the smallest of things. Two. Two liars. Cool. So that's sort of like the, the like in the Psalms when it, it says praise on the heart. I was giving a 
And he come from an exhibition from um, that used to be, well, Jeffrey would know about it, the Jerusalem exhibition. We went and picked some stuff up from there, going back in the 1900s. Okay. It isn't that old, but it was from people who got involved with it. Um, we got two animals as well. <laughs> you, in, you know, you know the exhibition, Jeffrey, with the yeah. uh, Jerusalem exhibition. Yeah. Very cool. I've never seen a liar before. No, I, I, you can have a go of it when I. I got. I'd two. like to. <laughs> no, you got two. We got two. Different one, the other one. But... I just wanted to thank God because He is entirely trustworthy, yeah. and His word is entirely trustworthy. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your constant presence, Lord, your constant presence with, with me, with each of us, Lord. Thank you for the knowledge, the knowing that you are always with us and you will never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, so much. Amen. Amen. Okay, we've got a um, couple more songs to sing. We'll sing them one after the other. Uh, just some things to be grateful for within those songs. Okay, Andy, hand back to you. Thank you very much. Um, what a great song to end with. Uh, and that is a classic one of, um, of correct thinking, that is. Um, not positive thinking, correct thinking. That is what the children of God are called to. Um, we are children of God. There's a place in our Father's house for us. And we are who he says we are, not what we think we are. So we bless you for that. Um, just before um, the children go out, I'm handing over to Martin for um, some important notices. Martin. And firstly, I go to Rob, who's going to tell us about our men's group on Wednesday. Yes, men's group on Wednesday. Um, the link is in the email that Martin sent around uh, last night. We'll be meeting on Zoom at uh, seven o'clock. So we'll spend the first half hour um, eating our our food, whatever people are whatever people are cooking up, and having a general chit chat and catch up. And then from about half past seven, we'll focus on our topic for the evening, which is passions, uh, and that can be very wide ranging from. Uh, I don't know, social justice to stamp collecting and those among us who like to uh, dress up and put on makeup and infiltrate the women's group as well. All of those passions we can uh, we can share. Uh, and we'll spend a time in small groups, a time in prayer, pray for each other, pray that we explore our passions more. Um, so, yes, see you hopefully, gentlemen, at seven o'clock on Wednesday evening. Right. Um, equipped to serve... This coming Saturday, uh, we're introducing two more of our themes uh, in, in the Equipped to program. And Rob Smiley, uh, pastor of Suncoast Church, is introducing our theme on mission. And he's starting opening up God's missional heart, you know, a Bible basis for uh, our mission to the world. And I will be introducing uh, the theme, the second theme of the morning which is the centrality of the cross, how the cross plays at, at right, right there at the heart of Christianity. So uh, that's uh, 
all, all the details uh, for it are in your e email inbox, so I won't go into that now, but that's next Saturday morning. Don't forget, next Sunday morning, clocks go forward. Uh, so um, I'll be very disappointed if you're too late for my talk because I'm preaching next Sunday. So, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> then just to forward notice around Good Friday, uh, we'll be having our Good Friday uh, reflection together at 10 o'clock. Sadly, it's, it's on Zoom, not in person, but Rob will be leading and, and Jeanette will be bringing our Good Friday reflection. Those are the notices. Thanks, Andy. Back to you. Thank you, Martin. Um, just before we send the little hobbitses out, um, I'm going to ask somebody to um, pray for them, pray for uh, Kaz and for Justin, who are going with them. Could I ask um, Cheryl, could I, would you mind praying for our children and um, those who are going out with them, please? Okay, Father, we would just praise you and thank you for our children in our, in our big church family. Thank you for their life. Thank you for their enthusiasm and the way they're getting to know you more and more. I just pray you be with them now as they go out in their rooms, that they'll learn more about you and become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Cheryl. Um, Justin, Kaz, I guess you need to do what you need to do. I don't know how you do it, but just um, we'll hand over to you to take the children out. If the rest of us, you just want to take a quick moment or two, literally, just to get a drink or... Um, and then we'll gather back within two minutes. Okay, if we're ready to um, carry on, um, very briefly, just before I hand over to Freddie, um, I wanted to say this during the Martin's talk, but even though it happened when I was a child, um, it wasn't right that children should hear it. <laughs> um, in terms of fire and, and things like that, I remember eight years old, um, I was given a plastic football. This was in the 60s when um, plastic was just starting to be used widely. And I sadly punctured it. And I somehow I realized that if I heat something up and put it over the plastic, I could melt the plastic and um, use my football again. Um, at the time, there was no central heating. There were just those electric bar heaters. Um, and those of you of a certain age will know that the elements were just a, a wrapping of wire around a ceramic um, core. And I thought to myself, if I place a knife on that, uh, <laughs> on that, on that um, winding, um, I can heat it up and melt my football and fix it. Yes, <laughs> I know you're all laughing. And I put the knife on the, um, on the element and I got... <laughs> There was an explosion and a bang, and I got thrown against the wall with my hair standing on end when I had some. And I learned a lot about electricity and fire. <laughs> I'm going to hand over to Freddie and pray for him that the fire of the Lord may be upon him and in him and come out to us. Dear Father, Lord, I bless you for, uh, for Freddie, Father. Thank you for his, um, his passion, Lord, which I know is you and people. Father, may, may your Holy Spirit rest upon him, Lord. May your Holy Spirit um, bring to mind everything that you have taught him, Lord, that um, is for us today. Father, may he be comfortable and confident in your presence, Lord. And bless us, Lord, as we listen to him. In Jesus' name, amen. Over to you, Freddie. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for letting me be... Uh, part of your fellowship this morning and uh, it's it's really interesting to see different churches the way uh, 
they particularly coped, if, if that's the right word, um, in this time surviving, but uh, actually we believe that we're going to thrive in all of this. So yeah, it's really good. I, I asked Martin if I could just say a little bit about um, the Rivers Ministry. I know when I spoke at Living Stones, I did say something because I checked on it, but uh, just in case you've forgotten. And anyway, what a year it's been. I mean, how are you coping? Wave to me if you're coping. <laughs> it is been an interesting year. And see, I, I retired if you, in September, the end of September 2019, with the idea of taking a sabbatical. And, and then in 2020, kicking off Rivers Ministry. But different things happened in 2020, as you've noticed. And, and it didn't quite work out. The idea would have been that I visit different churches uh, in the town and beyond uh, and overseas. That was the, the dream. That was the vision. But like everybody else, I had to adapt and change. And uh, is it Gavin Calver who says, we have all become broadcasters seeking to get the gospel out uh, any way we can. And so for a while, I didn't do anything. And then a friend of mine said, you ought to be on Facebook. You ought to be doing stuff. And there's so many people doing stuff. But I did. And so I started doing what I call, in the last few months I've been doing this, my Tuesday talks. And I talk for about 15 minutes on live on Facebook. And uh, if you want to plug into that it would be great to have you there if you're free or i upload it and you can watch the recorded message the other and then what i do is i then um, edit it and i upload it to my youtube channel whoa and uh, so all these things i to do to get the message out and that's one of my catchphrases i'll say share this onto your page and let together Let's get the message out. We could say that wherever you are together. Well, let's get the message out because God is not on lockdown. I know that's been said so many, many times, but he's not. And none of this has taken him by surprise. Isn't that amazing? Uh, and he knows uh, and he is faithful, as we heard in one of the prayers. He is faithful. He will keep his promises. He will keep his word. So what I'm asking you to do, if you would like to help Rivers Ministries, and I'm not asking for money. It's OK. Don't worry. But this word subscribe on YouTube is a horrible word because people think that they want you to, to part with money. But it, all it means is if you go onto the YouTube channel and press subscribe button, you'll just get You'll just, just be another subscriber. But what it does for me is the more subscribers I get, the higher the profile. The higher the profile, the more I can get the message out. It's as simple as that. And most all of my subscribers, my 54 subscribers, but by the end of today, there might be a few more, are all organic. It's not... Uh, bought in. You can buy subscribers today. It's awful. It's terrible. And so 
please, and if you want, find me on YouTube. It, it's Rivers Ministries. That's Rivers Ministries, plural. Then you have to, there's lots of Rivers Ministries. You then have to type in Rev Freddie Brooks, spelt I-E. So that's Rivers Ministries, Rev Freddie Brooks on YouTube, and you'll find me. When you find me, there's loads of stuff on there, but just press that subscribe button. You don't even have to press notification. You don't have to know every time I'm doing something, you get bored with watching and listening to me, but just help me to get the message out. Freddie, I'll get the, uh, the link into our e-news to everybody. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Okay, uh, let's just start with a prayer and uh, just share some thoughts. And I'm really grateful uh, that I can be here on this platform with you today. Uh, Father, we just thank you that we can meet like this and we can connect like this and that you are not on lockdown. You are omnipresent. You are present everywhere. You are Shama. You are present and we love you and we worship you. And we just ask that you'll speak into our hearts now and that if there's any just one little seed thought that will just inspire us to go to the next level with you as we journey through this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I was, uh, after having the invitation to come and speak with you here today, I went uh, asking God what to bring. Now, I've been in full-time Christian ministry for 24 years that's full-time paid ministry and um i've actually filed away a few sermons in that time i thought when i go into retirement and i get to preach somewhere i could just go into my file and say which one can i speak lord now god keeps telling me to do a new one because he's doing a new thing, isn't he? He's doing something new. And so I'll pray. And uh, there's this particular scripture that we're going to come to in a moment. So I'll just keep you interested and don't fall asleep. Uh, but the, the title of this message is called Wells. And I, I put it on my Rivers Facebook page and said, this is a new teaching that I'm going to be doing. And uh, when it's on the YouTube version, it'll be up there as well. So, Wells, and I thought, really? Wells? Uh, but Wells it is. But So here we go. The idea of Wells feature a lot in the Bible. You, uh, you know that lots of stuff, particularly in the Old Testament, happened around Wells. We know that... Uh, Abraham sent his servant to go and find uh, his, a wife for his son. And he's at the well. He's at, waiting and he prays this amazing prayer. And that's how he finds Rebecca. So lots of things. We know that Moses, when he's on the run, he meets, he's at a well. We know so much goes on. You could do your own study. And that's what I tell people when I uh, do my broadcast. And I'll tell you now, do your own study. Do start googling i mean we used to have cruden's concordance we've now got google concordance haven't we it's a lot quicker actually and it'll come up loads of scriptures 
about Wells and so forth. So Wells, in one of the things the Wells were in the Bible was that they were landmarks. They were uh, there were places where oaths were taken. There were uh, covenants were made. And but where I'm going today is in more in the metaphoric sense of wells and so the, the metaphoric use of wells or water it comes up again so i'm going to turn to jeremiah 2 if you want to turn to that i've not got a, a shared screen or anything like that oh that was scary the thought of doing a shared screen you guys that do shared screens i <laughs> wonderful but Jeremiah, this is a really sort of kind of scary scripture. And I'm reading from the, this particular verse from the ESV. To Jeremiah 2 and verse 13 says, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken the fountain of living waters, i.e. the well. And they've hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. We know that's, that was true for the people, God's people then. And we know that Jeremiah was the unpopular prophet, told them that all this stuff would happen to them, but, but it did happen to them. And they ended up in captivity. And But we do that, don't we? We try and hew out systems for ourselves. Which That's what the world does. It's anything, the old saying, anything but Christ, the ABC of the enemy, anything but Christ. And we try and, try and satisfy that deep longing that God put in our hearts. He's put eternity in our hearts. And if that, we try and satisfy it with anything but what will, what will only truly satisfy but in Isaiah 12, which is a wonderful hymn, and I love Isaiah 12, and you, you, you can check that out. But in verse 3, it, and this is like Isaiah 12 is a hymn looking forward. It starts with, in that day. Which day is that? Well, well I guess when Jesus finally comes back. But it could be in this not now kingdom that's the breaking in, in that day. In that day, and you'll rejoice. And it says in verse 3, it says, Therefore with joy shall you draw waters from the wells of salvation. Wow. That looking, it's definitely looking into the day that we're living in now, that we, God has placed something inside of us that we can draw those wells with joy. And some people um, exhibit joy in different ways. Their lips go down. But, you know, with joy, we can draw water from the wells of salvation. And there's one right there in the Red Book of Revelation, Revelation 7, 17. And it says this. It says that this is... The, the people, I believe, a picture of all the people of God that have come through all the different stuffs, all the pandemics and plagues and persecutions and have endured to the end and been faithful to Jesus. Amen. And it says in verse 
17, for, and this is from the uh, Naz version. It says, the lamb in the, for the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd, who will guide them to springs of water, of the water of life. So there is this in eternity, this drinking from him, and, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Every tear. And there's been some tears in these last 12 months. Been some frustrations. God will wipe away every tear. But there's probably the most well-known one is in the Gospel of John. And you know, if you know your Bibles, you know where I'm going with this. And it's John chapter 4. And, and it, there's a it, I'm not going to preach on this. But it is where Jesus sits on Jacob's well, at the side of Jacob's well, and he he's, he's alone, he's thirsty, and along comes this woman, and he asks for a drink. And out of that comes this dialogue. And by the way, it's interesting, isn't it, in the days that particularly now that we're living in, that the dialogue comes up again and again. You see people, we have a dog, so we engage with the dog walkers. And so, you know, people say, how are you doing? And everybody was saying, we're so glad when this thing's over. And so there is this openness in this woman and Jesus, he ends up telling her all about her life and she go, runs back to uh, her own village and preaches the gospel. She's the first evangelist and Jesus follows and loads of people turn and start following Jesus. But he says this in verse 14 from the NIV. But whoever drinks of the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I want to tell you, if, if those of us who are following Jesus, Christians are walking wells. We are carriers of the living water of God. We have something that will re, that refresh our communities, our towns, our villages. We have something that will refresh everyone around them. It says, springing up and welling up to eternal life. It says you'll never thirst. Well, I don't believe that you'll never thirst again in that sense. What Jesus is saying is that we will, once you've tasted, once you've tasted his water, anything else doesn't match. So we'll still, who's still thirsty for God? We're still thirst after God and we still, who wants more? We still want more, but we will never, we, once you've tasted of heaven, you don't want this earth. The old chorus, remember it? Well, some of you, you're all too young. But it says, but the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. You'll never thirst. Uh, there's nothing in this world. You know, I've never read a, no uh, a novel in a book. I've never. 
I can't get into it. You see, I was God taught me to read through by reading the Bible because I was almost illiterate. So the only book, first book I ever read was the Bible. And then I love to read now. And as you can see, I do. I love to read. I love to study. But I can't get into novels because it's not true. It's somebody else's thoughts. It's somebody else's head. Nothing, nothing will, nothing touches me. Because I've drunk and I've tasted. And within me is that well of living water springing up to eternal life. Of course, that connects also with my ministry text, which is John 7 and 38. It says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And the words on, the, on this here is an acronym of the word rivers. That carrying in us there is revival, intimacy, victory. And all of these concepts. Uh, there is the equipping. God equips us and we're able to equip others. There is that reality. It's real. It's not religious. There is that simplicity and this is all inside of us so okay best to open the bible best best to use the the rest of the time well so i'm I'm opening my bible to genesis 26 and verses 12 to 15 so if you want to follow that you can and there's this conflict at the well conflict at the well there is a contending over some wells that we're going to just unpack in these brief moments that we have together so picking up on verse 12 and it says isaac planted crops in the land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the lord blessed him the man became rich And his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. What a pointless But, you know, envy and jealousy is always destructive. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. You see, they would have drunk from these wells themselves. They would have gone to these wells. They would have used these wells. But they cut off their nose to spite their face because they they hated that he'd prospered and he'd got on. They hated that God's hand was upon him. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away and from there and encamped in the valley of Gerah, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug at that time of his father Abraham. This is the NIV. I love this sort of very polite he reopened the wells. It's like you can hear David Suchet reading this, can't you? It's so nice. It's so pleasant. It re- re- he literally, you know, it sounds to me when I read this, it's like 
a garden fate somewhere where you cut the ribbon and the, the fate is now declared open. That was a bit more than that. They got their hands dirty, they started some effort and they started digging out the soil so that the well could be functional again. They re-dug the well. And I want you to get that thought in your mind to redig the well. Redig the well. He reopened the wells his father dug and Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up. And after Abraham died, he gave them the names his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Gear quarreled with those of Isaac and said, the water is ours. So we named it Isaac because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well and they crawled over that one also and he named it Sitna. He moved from there and dug another well and no one quarreled over it. And he named it Rehoboth saying, now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. Prod Isaac is pushed from pillar to post. He is, he's very passive, isn't he? He's very sort of turn the other cheek. He's very almost Christ-like because to actually dig or put soil into these wells was an act of war, an act of aggression, but he walks away. Sometimes we've got to walk away. Sometimes we've got to, as, as one regional minister said to me in the Baptist circles that I moved in, he said, keep your powder dry. Sometimes you've got to know when not to engage, especially on social media with all the debates going on and all the stuff. Sometimes you just got to walk away, put a big smile on your face and say, God bless you. Sometimes it's not an argument worth winning. He who runs away will live to fight another day. So we see this, he's moved on and he's moved on, but they are redigging the wells until in the end they come to this place of Rehoboth. And God is making room for us, isn't he? God is bringing, you know, we've been moved around, locked down, not locked down. You can go to church, you can't go to church, you can do this, you can do that. But okay, each time the church of Jesus worldwide creatively finds ways of getting the message out. And God's making room. People are getting saved. People are finding Christ. It's wonderful, isn't it? In the times that we're living in, they're not very pleasant times, but they're wonderful times because God is working. He's never stopped working. And uh, there's that modern song that we, we sing, that, we, that even, even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. God's working in the midst of it. You see, the, the Philistines were so angry and jealous about the way God's people were being blessed that they decided to fill in the well out of envy and spite. Uh, and people will do that. This sadly happens in church life. Sadly. And people will... When people come into something, when they, when they come into, well, what, what does he know? What does she know 
And there's that putting in the earth, there's that trying to damp down the flame to go into the other metaphor. But we need to um, fast forward the time of Jesus. And we go back to that text that we looked at just now. It says that in John 4, 14, whoever drinks of the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So if, if, you, can, if you can block up natural wells, you could block up the spiritual well. There is an enemy that would seek to block. You say, oh, I, I'm feeling dry. I don't know where God is. And well, maybe there's a bit of soil then tipped into your well. Maybe the water's not flowing as it, as it once did. God wants it to. You see, Jesus had to go to the cross in death and this is the Easter message, isn't it? He goes to the cross. He takes he, he, the great exchange. He took your sin and my sin. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He forgives us. He cleanses us. And we get filled with the spirit. And that living water. That we become walking wells. And we see how the earth, this is what happened. Jesus said this to the woman here, but then he goes through his earthly ministry, goes to the cross, and, and then on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes, and there's these 120 bubbling over wells with the power of God and the church the church of Jesus, the messianic community exploded on the scene with, first of all, 3,000, then 5,000, and it grows and grows. And what happens is envy and anger come from religious people, from political people, and you'll follow it all the way through the book of Acts. A God move, there's a move forward, and then the enemy comes in in whatever form... He doesn't care what he doesn't care what political party it is. He doesn't care what religious thing it is. As long if he can put some dampening soil to dam up your well, he will. And we see this all the way through. And again, you know, we see with Paul and they're beaten up, but instead they just turned into a praise party. They get the soil out of their hearts and they keep praising. And the water keeps flowing. The wells keep bubbling up. Uh, but we see kingdom growth. But in time, we see the enemy puts soil in the wells to block them up. John 10.10, 10, you probably know it. The thief comes to rob, to kill and destroy. I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. You could reread re that. The thief comes to put soil in the well. For I am come that you might have life. The enemy has been there. We, if you like church history, you'll see church history and you see how you, you look at some of the doctrines. How on earth did we get to that? But it was the 
soil, the dirt of the enemy pouring into this well because he knows if he can stop or slow down the church. He's trying to stop us. But God, through history, sent people to redig the wells. I wonder if I'm talking to some rediggers today. I wonder if I'm talking to some people who know how to redig some wells. And it has to start with us. It has to start in a local church. It has to start in, and, and it goes on. We see that uh, an example, people like Luther, he was a well digger, a redigger. Calvin was a redigger. Wesley Whitfield, the list goes on. They bring in the people back to the word of God, bring in the people back to be in those walking wells. Finney, Moody, Billy Graham, to mention a few well diggers. And the world has been blessed with a, a number of the moves of God. Who wants to see a move of God? Who wants to see a fresh move? Well, and I love following uh, some of the books on here about the revival, uh, revivals, plural. And God wants to bring revival. This is why I'm really pleased of the acronym on here, revival. God wants to bring constant living revival. It says the lamp in the temple should never go out. The fire in the temple should never go out on the sacrifice. Never go out. He wants to bring us in to, li to live in that revival zone. So, and in these moves, you could maybe think of your own. You can write your own notes. But there's a Zuzi Street and the Pentecostal outpouring. There is what happened here in Bradford. There is what happened in, in Wales, the uh, Welsh revival. And it goes on what happened in the 50s in, in the Hebrides. The, the, these were great moves of God. And the, 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 there's been others more recent. You didn't mention too, too many of them because you've always got the the people who want to throw some soil on it. And I don't agree with that particular one. It can't be a real one because it's only when the people are long since dead that you can agree with it. But we won't go into that. But I'm going to tell you, for all these moves of God and even the stuff that's happening now, they've always been preceded by well diggers. What am I saying? Well, people who pray. See, when we pray... We're preparing the way. This is a kind of a John the Baptist ministry, preparing the way of the Lord, digging out the wells. Let be well diggers in our society. Bring with a lot about social justice at the moment, and so there should be. But we need people who will speak up for the unborn as well. And there's so many issues to be well diggers. But I want to say that if in our personal walk with God, we find we're dry, maybe it's time to redig our own well. So 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6, familiar verses to those who are well-versed in scriptures. If you're just starting out, maybe not so. 
But it says, but I remind you, says Paul to Timothy, to stir up or fan into flame the gift of God that, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. It could read, I therefore remind you to redig the well. Or Ephesians 5.14, where Paul says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It could read, Awake, O sleeper, redig the well, rise from the dead, redig the well, and Christ's light will shine on you. Or what about 1 Corinthians 14? By the way, I'm reading these verses out because they are part of my daily devotion. I try and live in these. These are my zones. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. After the great love chapter, in the love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, which some people say, oh, forget 1 Corinthians 12, you know, and the gifts. Let's, you know, it's love that's all, all that matters. Well, yeah, surely is. For if you really love the body of Christ, and you really love this world, you'll ask him to fill him with, with his spirit and operate in all the gifts of the spirit. I'm a classic Pentecostalist, friends. You can't change me. I'm too old. But it says in, one, in 14 and verse 1, it says, pursue love. Pursue love and earnestly, ardently desire spiritual gifts that you may prophesy. You know, that could read. Pursue love. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Redig the well. well. What about Romans 12 too? Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It could read. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by redigging the well. So what can block our human wells? Here's the short list. And we'll close with this. Perhaps hopelessness. You see, I, I, the enemy in, the, in our story in Genesis, and that's our backdrop, isn't it? The, in, the Philistines, they shove oil, uh, they shove soil into the wells and they do it as quickly as they can. But it doesn't always happen quickly, does it? If you've ever done a bit of gardening or a bit of landscaping and you haven't quite finished and you've got it all nice, the edges and everything, then you come the next day and all that soil's gone back down. And it happens over a period of time. And hopelessness. This has been a year of hopelessness for many. This has been a year when soil has gone in. Oh, not another lockdown. Not another, not another situation. Oh, and we, there's so much now about mental health. Hopelessness. Unforgiveness is 
another area. If we hold on, I'm not to, and in that attitude of unforgiveness towards others, the only person you're hurting is yourself. And the soil goes in and the waters stop flowing. Or bitterness. We live in a victim mentality world, don't we? It was them. Well, what, Christians are not victims. Christians are victors. We are overcomers. And when, if bitterness comes, I've been bitter in my life. I've had stuff. But you know, when it comes, I start, I'm not having that in my well. Or judgmental attitude. You see, you can disagree with stuff, but not be judgmental. You, you have two extremes. You have the, the judgmental turn or, turn or burn society. Or you've got the love, 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 love. You know, God loves you no matter what you do. And they're both wrong. I disagree with lots of things, but I'm not going to allow that to become a judgmental attitude. Because once it does, the bit more soil comes in. Or simply a lack of thirst. We stop. We stop drinking. We stop hungry. We stop thirsty. Well, though all that can stop today, because we can we say, "Search me, O God," with King David, in that wonderful Psalm of one three nine and verse twenty three. Search me, O God, and know my anxiety. Know what soil is in my well. That's Freddie Brooks paraphrased. And lead me in the way that is everlasting. Now, guys, let's redig some wells. I'm going to pray, and if anybody, uh, I'll just pray for you generally, then I'm going to hand over to Martin or whoever. Uh, or Andy, whoever's leading this next section. So just uh, perhaps where you are I, watching this, just open your hands out in the posture of being open to God and uh, let, let him come and search our hearts now. He's for us, not against us. So Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. I've come that you might have that welling over life. So, Lord, I thank you for these thoughts. Thank you, Lord, how you prospered and blessed Isaac. Thank you that you blessed him because he stood in the heritage of his father Abraham. And now we are sons and daughters of Abraham by faith, that the blessing of Abraham has come upon us, the Gentiles. Even the blessing of your spirit. Lord, search our hearts. Help us deal with any hope, hopelessness, unforgiveness, bitterness, judgmental attitude, or even a lack of thirst. And help us to be infused again to redig the wells, to redig the ancient ruins in this country, Lord, that, this, that the Judaic Christian values, 
the wells will be redug in our time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Freddie, thank you so much, mate. That was... Um, it was excellent. It was rich. Um, forgive the um, the pun. It was deep, um, but very helpful. So, um, on behalf of Livingstone's Church, uh, we want to say thank you and bless you for that. There. Um, if it's of any encouragement to you, Freddie, the moment you said wells, I went straight to Genesis twenty six. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I showed it to Vanessa because it's it's quite rare that I, I get it right. But um, if it's any encouragement, that's why I went to. Um, and this is just to, um, by way of a, a summation for the church, um, uh, it says in the scripture that um, Isaac went and went and uncleared or, or cleared out the wells that his father Abraham had dug. And, um, and I think the Lord wants us to dig our own wells. Um, that is not to live on the truth that somebody else's from somebody else's wells in the past, but he calls us to dig our own wells. Um, and he will give us every help we need to do that, um, to go through the scriptures and to start digging down to find the fresh water of the spirit. Um, for others and for some, you know, this may be quite, sent, you know, quite near the mark and quite painful and hurtful for some people, but some people have never had their own wells cleared from the moment they accepted Christ. Um, for something that's been done to them before they um, came to Christ, and it has never been cleared. The Lord wants you to reach out to him and to ask. Um, there, is, um, there is those who have, since they've accepted Christ, have allowed their wells to be blocked again. Um, and the scripture says, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Um, and then there's others who sadly have filled their own wells in by, by willful sin. Um, and the Lord is calling you back. He always wants to reinstate, to clear out so that fresh water from the Holy Spirit will flow again. So Freddie, bless you so much. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray. Um and I'll just give them a moment or two if anybody else wants to add anything. Um, we can talk generally afterwards, but if anybody has a specific word into this, um, I'll, I'll please feel free to bring that. But for now, I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, I bless you and thank you for Freddie. Um, thank you for his heart and his passion for you, Lord. Thank you for his heart and passion for people, Father. We thank you for the word that he has brought, Lord, which is straight from the world of salvation, Lord. Thank you so much. Lord, I pray for what he has given out, Lord. Father, repay him double, Lord, in, in double measure, Father. May he be blessed um, as he goes away. And may he know that he has done your work, Father, and spoken your word to your people. Lord, may your word be a blessing to us, Father. Holy Spirit, speak to each one of us about the state of our own world, Father. Um, and Lord, help us to open our mouths, Father, to speak to you, Lord. For in good time, Father, you will bring us to the point where you want us to deal with these things. We bless you and thank you, Father. If you have called us to do something, you will help us to actually come through it. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um,
at this point, I just want to invite anybody who has a specific word into what um, Freddie has brought for us to um, so unmute and bring it. And beyond that, I will close the meeting and we can obviously talk further um, after the meeting is formally closed. Just want to give um, a minute or so for anybody who wants to contribute. Please remember to unmute if you do. Bless you all. Um, I formally declare this meeting as closed, but that doesn't mean that the Lord has stopped working. Um, thank you, everybody. Bless you all. Feel free to unmute and talk or go as, as ever, whatever seems good to you, um, but we shall hang around and we, we can talk further. Thank you, Andy. Thank you so much, Freddie. Yeah. Uh, open time.